0: I know that we've talked about this in person and not on the podcast, but mm. Serious Black what is his real name? Gary Oldman. Thank you. Gary Oldman, a.k.a. poor man's Daniel Uh Day-Lewis. And, like, he knows that. And then I was thinking about it recently Mm. because he made the huge play for the Oscar with the Uh. whatever, whatever. And then I was thinking, how did I feel so strongly about Gary Oldman being the poor man's Daniel Day-Lewis? And I was like, because I saw The Crucible and The Scarlet Letter in, like, the same formative year. Mm -hmm. And I was too young for both. And they're Mm -hmm. both, like, terrible and, like, Mm. are deeply associated in my Mind now.
1: They also should pretty much be both the same English class, right? Mm-hmm. Like freshman, sophomore year, of high school.
0: I think it was sophomore year, yeah. You were too young to watch those movies your sophomore year of high school. I was a very sheltered 15 year old. It was definitely in the first quarter. <laughs> you so. were like, I was you were like driving, a, yeah.
1: You were a soft, gentle 15. <laughs>
0: (laughs) I really was. (laughs) I know that about myself. Uh, All
1: right, God, Gary Oldman in The Scarlet Letter, though, they really vamped on that one.
0: I think it was right after he'd done Dracula. Is that right? Is that how
1: that goes? I don't know what order they're in, but I do love Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh,
0: cause it's outstanding, and Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder have absolutely no chemistry.
1: (laughs) Keep talking Mm. over my soundtrack. So the, I don't think Annie Linux can sue
0: us if I do it. I don't think she can. I don't think she'd want to. I think she's a fan of the pod. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the,
0: the thing that I love most about that version of Dracula is that Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder have no sexual (laughs) chemistry, but everyone has sexual chemistry with Around them! Yeah, yeah, literally everyone. It's like the weirdo slave person has as much (laughs) sexual chemistry with Dracula slash Gary Oldman as Keanu Reeves has with a wooden plank.
1: But Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder now have a lot of
0: sexual chemistry. Have you seen that new movie? No, is it good? It looked right up my alley. It looks right up my alley too, and Twitter was so excited about it. I read a couple of reviews, and he may or may not be an incel so then it's like do I want the lead character yeah Keanu Reeves may be an incel or no he's... Keanu Reeves himself no no oh, no he's basically a modern day saint the character but mm. still I kind of want to see it maybe we should go see it and then review it
1: let's go see it and just like to go see it
0: that sounds great I want to see it
1: <laughs> I want to record this
0: podcast yeah let's hear it <sighs> <sighs> I'm Morgan. And I'm Isabelle. And this is Wellman's. A podcast about romance novels. About sexy jobs. About 9 11. About Brooklyn! <laughs> <laughs> about the FDNY. About pornography. Uh, about the complexities of coming out. Mm-hmm. And about getting your butthole pissed a little bit. More <laughs> than a little. <laughs>
1: But most of all it's a podcast about the first thing Romance
0: albums And ourselves
1: This week, as you may have guessed already, we are reviewing Hothead
0: by Damon Way. Oh man, boy oh boy are we ever
1: So you picked this one I did, I read it while I was on vacation Awesome I took no notes, but I did pick it for this podcast, so that means you've got to give us the
0: plot summary Sure do So, we open on the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. We're at a well-known firefighter bar, and we meet our hero, Griffin Muir. He's in a kilt, and he's just not feeling the night. We learn in the first chapter that he's a divorcee, and that he's there with his best bud, Dante Anastasio. He's hanging out in the bar that he works in as a bouncer part-time. As a bouncer, yeah. Because the FDNY does not pay enough, which is brought up multiple times throughout the course of the novel, and becomes a critical plot point. Anyway, so they're there and then we get introduced to both of them and they're great. They have this back and forth. It turns out that they've been buds in the neighborhood since they were really little and blah blah blah. Fast forward a little bit, turns out that Dante Anastasio has ill-advisedly taken over a Rumble Down brownstone that he's trying to renovate by himself and doesn't have enough money because the FDNY and why doesn't pay enough and like blah, blah, blah. So then he catches this scheme that he's going to do porn mm-hmm. to make the money that he needs to get the bank off his back because they're going to foreclose. So he's doing porn and Griff... His friend, who the book is told through, is like, "Oh, this is a bad idea." Slash, "Oh my god, I'm so turned on." "Oh my god, am I gay?" "Oh my god, am I just gay for my best friend?" And then it's a friends to lovers. They end up doing porn together because they get paid more to do it together. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Griff has this internal struggle about, "Oh my god, am I like putting all of this on to Dante?" Who, up until this point, has been doing a ton of chicks for more than a decade. And then he's like, "I'm forcing Dante to do all this stuff. I feel." So so bad I'm a monster and then like we get a lot of really interesting stuff turns out friends to lovers don't spoil anything for you (laughs) but after they do the porn scene they finally talk to each other and uh turns out that they're super gay for each other it's great oh my gosh they're so cute
1: it's wonderful because the sex scenes in this bromance novel Mm -hmm. actually serve to to push the plot forward yep and follow their own arch because it do. starts off with Dante just doing a solo video.
0: That Griffin watches a thousand times. And, and you like, can't stop watching his lonely in his dad's basement. basement that his dad kind of renovated after his mom died. Yeah. There are a lot of really heartbreaking details in this book. Like there are a lot of like crushing one-liners.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, real angst as opposed to that kind of, there is a scene of, I would say, melodramatic angst, which I think we'll get to. But most of this book is like real angst and not just angst around, as you would imagine, like being a closeted gay man in love with your best friend who's a fellow firefighter in the same firehouse. Which sounds very angsty, but the book never makes that, like... Mm -mm. I mean, it's the central problem, but it's not... It's like his dad. I don't know. There's a lot going on. Yeah, where do you want to dive in? Well, I want to talk about the sex scenes more and how they serve the plot. Because they really are their own arch. So, as I mentioned earlier, Dante starts off by doing a solo scene, which Griffin watches a lot. Obsessively. And then they masturbate next to each other in their first... Uh, porn video and then they do another one Wait. where they end up fellating one another. <laughs>
0: Let's go back to the one before that where they are masturbating next to each other uh-huh. because... We wake up the next day in a virtual blackout. Yeah. Which was really, really weird. So I listened to this book rather than read it. I read it with my ear holes. It's really worth the listen. He really embodies Dante Anastasio. Like he gets real into the Brooklyn accent. It's both hilarious. Oh my gosh. It's so good. We should play a clip, in fact.
1: There's this like weird white person only ebony and ivory thing that happens in this romance (laughs) novel. Yes. Where it's like Dante is Cecilia. And they're always talking about his olive skin and, and how scarab eyes. And his scarab eyes and how his erect dong is the same color as a medium rare steak. Yep. We get so much good like New wow. York stuff yeah, in this. Like oh, they yeah, go yeah. to Momofuku for That's dinner. Right. That's how New York God. they cross the bridge. Will you play a little bit of oh the my voice God. so I can hear it? Sure. I would love that.
0: He patiently polished Griff's entire body like a statue, worshipping it with oil his face quiet and proud and possessive. Dante worked all the way around him, kneeling to get close to his lower half so that his breath tickled the cinnamon hairs on Griff's thighs. (laughs) Again, he was murmuring, and Griff could just make out the words, mine, 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 you're mine, mine.
1: That's not how I imagined it. That's not how I imagined him saying mine. Like uh, I don't know. That was well. Weird. He's really
0: pouty at that point. Like I like I actually have feelings about the last two chapters that we can get to.
1: But- oh, but Griff is like Scottish, but constantly mistaken for Irish redheaded gentleman.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a weird ebony and ivory
1: thing. And that's, they like, like I don't constantly know. talk about how perfect Griffin's skin is, yeah. and like how he doesn't have tattoos or freckles. He's
0: just very pale. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, whatever. That's weird. I'm like Dante is shorter, but they're both incredibly muscled. They work out all the time. I yeah, like, it was whatever. What we were you saying about the <sighs> we before? Oh, I don't no, know. I want to talk about the thing. So we wake up in a blackout after just... the second porn scene. Yeah, We're the first one together. And we're in a blackout. And Griffin wakes up in his shitty basement apartment of his father's house. Heinous.
1: Tough scenery. Oh. To War
0: scene. Oh, it's rough. It's so bad. And he's super hungover. And like everything hurts. And he's like crouching in the shower. And he can't remember what they did. It's hard to
1: describe what a hangover is like. This book does a really good job of describing the
0: sensation of being hungover. For sure. Maybe (gasps) the best hungover scene I've ever read. In fact, like, the actual physical pain of it, but also, like, the emotional pain of it, and that he can't remember the thing that he did, which he's then traumatically upset about. But I
1: also want to point out the fact that I think this scene and how good it is at illustrating something physical is really indicative of how good romance writers are at being corporeal in general. Mm -hmm. Once again, if I think about like capital literature with an L Mm -hmm. scenes, like the hangover becomes like this metaphorical mush. Whereas like this hangover scene is direct, it is entirely physical, and it's deeply affecting because of it. I think metaphor is wasted so often. It just doesn't have the right It's not
0: deployed correctly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or it's deployed too much. And yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this was utterly perfect. There were a couple of real moments of fear for me in this book. And like, that was one of them where I'm like, oh no, have you exposed yourselves too much? Even though at that point I'm like, dude, Dante's so gay for you. And he's just set this up so that he could like ascertain your feelings. I know. And like, you're so dumb (laughs) for not getting it. Which
1: is like part of the joy of romance novels is that even though this book is entirely in Griff's perspective, Mm -hmm. which I really appreciated, Mm -hmm. I don't like going back and forth. I, I prefer sticking to one perspective because I like the surprises.
0: Mm, fascinating.
1: Because I was like, okay, like I know this is a romance novel and I know that they're gonna end up together, but mm-hmm. does but does Dante really like him? I know. It and was like
0: tinder hooks at point. It, yeah, it was really good. Cause like
1: tinder and- hooks and ladders. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in, Nick. Hold on. Should we pause so I can say it?
0: Say it like, again.
1: Tinder hooks and ladders.
0: Because <laughs> they're firemen and it works on all the levels. Yeah,
1: yep, 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 yep. I agree. Like and subscribe. For <laughs> this five stars. Five stars.
0: <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, and that was one of the things where. Having a solo perspective, usually not my bag, but worked really well in this one. And part of what was so good, even though I was like, dude, Dante's so for you. It's the background of the family, that they're constantly around each other, like that they're super effusive in their physical love for one another. And that he's like constantly and always has been touching Griff and like showing his love physically as like brothers, but friends. And then the shift to romantic, intimate partner didn't feel like that much of a physical Shift, especially for the first third of the book.
1: But also, this book talks about something that I am endlessly fascinated by, mm-hmm. which is straight men, hetero men, mm-hmm. homosexual men, men in general, and their sexual openness hmm. I mean, so we know because we're constantly told and also because of the lived experience that women are socialized sexually in a different way than men. And I endlessly riveted by the idea of like men watching pornography together. Yeah. Or like having sex. Next to each other with other partners, mm-hmm. sex happening basically between two men in like all of these roundabout ways that are yeah. like that's pervasive in I think the juvenile experience of young boys in the same way it's not the same for young women.
0: Sure, I was confused about a couple of those things where it's like it felt like Dante was talking a game, especially when he was like, "You didn't masturbate with your buddies into a sock all together," and Griffin's like, "No." There was like, but there are lots of I've. Always- I've (laughs) I've always heard about juveniles, boys
1: masturbating, or, like, sharing a porno mag at a sleepover.
0: I've heard of sharing a porno mag at a sleepover. I haven't heard of mutual masturbation, like, everybody's in a tube sock. But there are a couple points where it's like, oh, Dante, you're pushing it. I don't know. No, I
1: think they are. I think they're constantly masturbating. And if it (laughs) happens, like, in front of, in conjunction with a fellow boy, they're like, whatever. Huh. No, I think it happens a lot. I don't know. I I think Griff is, you know.
0: The odd one out because he has a dead mom. Yeah. His dead mom is so sad. His mom is so sad. Also, and it's bad dad. Bad dad. That bad romance dad. trope is here. It's alive and well. Mm-hmm. Bad dad. Although bad dad becomes complicated because he may or may not be suffering from Alzheimer's, which feels like but a But he was an tie. asshole before
1: that, too. Totally. And he's also an asshole. And homophobic. With uh, dementia.
0: Yeah. That Go was like figure. an unresolved. Yeah. It was like... You've just, a little slice, uh, tossed us something that you're not going to fully excavate. But it,
1: it gives, it does act as like a motivator for Griffin to start looking at other places to live.
0: Also, there are a couple of moments where like the scaffolding of the contravance of the needing porn like kind of came out and that was one of the things for me where it's like how is it that neither of them have thought to live together to pay Dante's bills?
1: Well, Griff didn't want to live with him because he had this hang up about like leaving his father and he also had a hang up about being in love with Dante and not feeling it was reciprocated.
0: But he didn't know that he was in love with Dante until like that night.
1: In the beginning of the book he talks about how he his dick is hard over his friend and how he knows that.
0: Yeah, but he had something specific because it becomes <laughs> relevatory to him pretty quickly, like in the first hour of listening. But it's like still a surprise to him. During 9-11, mm-hmm. he finds out that mm-hmm. he is what I thought. Because they're sleeping and the, they fall asleep in the same bed together. And he wakes up with a chub.
1: Oh, no, I mean like September eleventh, two 2001, whenever he has that flashback scene oh, yeah, to yeah. where Dante went missing and then he yeah um, found
0: him, Yeah, I guess. And then, like, saved him.
1: Yeah. And then, which
0: happens again. Yep. There's a lot of whiff of death in this. I was definitely cranking my shaft.
1: God,
0: you love it. <laughs> I do love You love, love it. Whiff you love whiff of death. I love it so much.
1: What other part did you like? I don't know. No one gave any like, we are Marshall
0: type speeches that's about true. falling in love, which I, I know would, is a bummer that's for you. Super bummer. I kind of expected the fire chief to say something. We can talk about this a little bit later. But one of my favorite parts of this entire book was the audio version of it. Like the guy mm-hmm. who reads it reads, is griff Uh, Dante in a very particular way which is really funny and he reads Dante Anastasio in this deep Brooklyn accent that's hilariously warm like it feels like a warm lived in kitchen it feels like yellow walls and it also feels like always on the edge of being a teenager or like glee Yeah, like there's something deeply earnest and like there's this thing Griffin says on uh, Dante's hospital bed I will never love anyone like I love you and I don't want to. And like that kind of thing like which is you know all over romance is like such a 18 year old thing to say.
1: They're both they feel very young. So young. And in love even though I think they're like 30. Yeah they're in their 30s. 29 or something. Griff is like very aw shucks.
0: Yeah. Like he's
1: aw shucksing his way throughout the whole book. It never gets exhausting to me No, It's always
0: really fun to read. And like in that way it feels not only naive, but it has a kind of earnest undertone of like not having lived enough. Like that's why I associate it so strongly with being a teenager. Your feeling is actually too big and that's so sweet and like you'll never feel that way again because like you'll have all of these experiences that like rough you up or like cynicize you or whatever but like griffin dante are like so fucking adorable it's like i just want to get them (laughs) boutonnieres and like take pictures of them at prom and be like go be happy
1: and like that's how i feel throughout most of the book but at the end whenever we start to see toxic masculinity and it's so strange because i think about toxic masculinity as it relates to oppressing me -hmm. Every fucking day of my life. (laughs) But, but like hearing it in this different context, because this kind of fetishization of jealousy is pervasive in romance. Yes. But it was interesting to read it in a different context, in the context of relationship between two men. Mm -hmm.
0: It didn't make it sexier.
1: No, it didn't fix it for me. No,
0: it didn't. (laughs) Not at all.
1: And, And I guess it just proves the point that, like, jealousy is the problem yeah
0: and like that kind of ownership is the problem and like that's where like the book really fell down for me is those last two chapters where like out of what feels like nowhere Dante gets crazy jealous and like Grossly so, and possessive.
1: Yeah, and then we're led to believe like he's always been this way. I'm like, he's just been hiding it better.
0: Ew, like hide it. Then you should keep that. Why does the
1: Sicilian have to be the
0: crazy jealous one? Also, like, there's a better way. You know, Like, Why does it have to be like? Don't look at him. He's mine. And like, there's this scene at the end with the bar where like Griff turns around and he's like, just so everybody knows, I'm with that guy. Yeah. Ew.
1: Ew. Yeah. It's like. I don't know. I didn't like it.
0: I I didn't like it either. Do you want to advance further with the porn and sex scenes as plot drivers?
1: Yeah, because I want to talk about pornography because pornography is a problematic space for me. And like, whereas I see the jealousy as not being in any way relieved by the fact that this is a relationship between two men if i if the book were slightly different if dante were a woman who had Mm -hmm. filmed a solo scene to make money i would immediately understand alec as deeply predatory Mm -hmm. alec is the the pornographer who hires dante and eventually griff i would also see griffin as pretty gross for mm-hmm. watching the video a thousand times, as mm-hmm. opposed to like, oh,
0: you're just your heart. <laughs> you're, you're just eating it out.
1: Sick. Yeah, love sick. That's a good point. Um, I would also see the idea of like trying to enter into a romantic relationship via porn as like very upsetting. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the fact that I think of, and I've thought about this a lot, the fact that I think of Dante being a man performing for a male audience. Mm-hmm. Like somehow the idea of a male gaze, which it, it's just so pervasive that it becomes like water, like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what's going on. But I don't How did you feel about the whole pornography framing I in the it novel? Was,
0: I thought I also thought deeply about my feelings about this. Because I was cool with it, I thought it was hot when I was reading it. It was I don't, so hot, I broke out into a sweat <coughs> on public transit because I was so afraid that like People one of my would earbuds know. is just going to pop out and I'm, like everyone would hear. It was it was so hot. It, the sex scenes. Oh my god, are so. Hot. Oh, my God. And so corporeal. Like, we talked about this before, but, like, the color changes between the ball sack and the head of the penis and, like, how hard he's jerking himself. At one time, like, Dante, like, his erection into his own mouth and, like, eats it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like,
1: or, like, I remember one time he, like, takes off Dante's fireman pants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Dante's erection nudges his cheek. Yeah. I remember being, like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Dicks. She's <laughs> just, like, but I would honestly... Honestly say, I was able to enjoy these sex scenes more than I was any other novel. And I think it's because maybe some of those problems
0: are relieved by gender parity. Like, true gender parity in a sex scene. I think that's part of it, for sure. And the other part of the exposure or, like, the way in which porn is working, it feels less immediately nefarious and feels like it feels like sex work and like Dante has a discussion later on in the book about like what sex work is and like what this is doing to him because like he enters into this as like I whack it all the time anyway so might as well get my jollies and some cash um I don't know why that's not a Brooklyn accent Um, (laughs) that was really good thank you (laughs) I don't know why I think you should keep doing it <laughs> but, like, it's his cavalier attitude because of his cavalier relationship with pornography already that, like, mm. puts porn on, like, an entire different level. That's a paling, really good point. Field. Yeah. That's like, a re-
1: like, his relationship with pornography is inherently
0: different from our relationship with any kind of pornography. Right.
1: Even the feminist black and white porn Ooh. that you
0: watch. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> feminist Tumblr. Get at me. But, yeah, like, his relationship to to porn then feels more like conspiratorial maybe Mm -hmm. or just like the way that he's a purveyor as well as a participant and like that made the initial difference and then like the scene where Griff is just like masturbating to Dante masturbating. It felt like watching someone eat their heart out physically. Yeah. Partly because like I'm sure his relationship to porn was already so different and like and then their relationship to each other and then it's like I don't know.
1: Yeah eat your own heart out is exactly what's happening Mm -hmm. when he is watching the man he loves masturbate Mm -hmm. on the internet while masturbating himself and not in like a Skype situation. Mm -mm.
0: There is definitely lag time.
1: There is definitely lag time. Also, there was something like so almost quaint about the idea that Alec was running a website whereon people actually pay for porn. And I understand that that's where all porn comes from. You know, just like I understand the water in the Colorado River comes from snowy mountaintops. Totally. <laughs> but it's like it's still bizarre to think of like the fact that people pay. They should pay. You should listen it's to work. the butter Yeah, you should listen to the butterfly effect by John Ronson. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about free porn. Yeah, the
0: podcast, but you should pay for porn.
1: (laughs) You should pay for porn. Sex work is work yeah labor is labor exactly so we talked about how this book does a really good job of getting at true angst Mm -hmm. like not being able to totally afford your mortgage Mm -hmm. and being embarrassed to ask your family having to support loved ones through their own difficult times so Dante is very close with his sister whose husband is deployed and she regularly calls on him to help her with her
0: you know child rearing and he's not in the army he's a private contractor so he's a Private contractor, yeah, rebuilding Kabul. So, like, there, there are a couple of weird political elements in here. Yeah, that I, I want to read
1: Damon Suede in the Trump era. Oh my god,
0: yeah. Yeah, because this was published I mean,
1: I wish nothing happened in the Trump era, yeah. but here we are. Here uh, we are. But I think this book is so good at like real angst, relatable angst, or like the physical angst of being hungover, mm-hmm. or like the pain of, like even when Griffin is first watching Dante, like mm-hmm. the ache and the embarrassment, everything mm-hmm. is so real and everything is so clear. And like nothing really veers into melodrama and it works really well. And then it does does veer into melodrama.
0: Are you referring specifically here to Tommy?
1: I do want to talk about how I think Tommy is different than that, Okay, but it does relate. I'm talking about when they're fighting the fire and Dante Dante goes... Dante gets knocked down and pinned under a wood beam and then Griffin rushes into the burning building without his safety equipment
0: and carries
1: Dante out like
0: the gentle giant he, that he is. I think it's really telling that I didn't read that as melodrama even though now that you pointed out it so clearly is because I was so here for it. I was like, <laughs> whiff of death, whiff <laughs> of <laughs> death. <laughs> more, more. Just like don't wear your mask. Definitely well, don't. You're definitely. <laughs> to breathe in all the asbestos. I hope you come out coughing black soot. Oh god. You're right. That is 100% melodrama. That really. is. It was also like the building was set up as like some sort of arson deal for insurance It was like, like, like insurance an insurance fraud. Scam. Yeah. You're right.
1: And so it has that scene but then like with Tommy where mm-hmm. so Tommy is an EMT mm-hmm. who Griff builds up his courage to go to a gay bar in Manhattan and he sees two men having sex in an alleyway and he realizes he knows the bottom and it's Uh, an EMT he works with named Tommy, who's married and has kids. And um, Tommy's situation devolves throughout the novel, alcoholism, and then eventually his wife leaves him and he's beaten. uh, Almost to death. Almost to death because he's outed on Halloween. And then he recovers. I think this book is very conscientious of balance mm-hmm. in a way that other romance novels haven't been for me. So, like Dante and Griff, in spite of their angst that is relatable and, mm-hmm. and true, also are kind of having a little bit of a best case scenario. Like compare More than a little bit. More than a little bit. But like every couple we read about in a romance novel is outside of Joanna Lindsay's work. <laughs> is, like, very close to, like, a best-case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, everything, you know, you can't just have, like, unless you're writing in the 80s, you can't just have, like, a smack and machina, boom, happy ending. Like, you always have to be kind of plodding along on that path. Like, Griff's father is never going to be an issue because he's been absentee for a really long time. And Dante's family is always going to be supportive and they will always have each other. And, like, so I think this book is conscientious of representing something that isn't the best-case scenario. Mm -hmm. that is like loneliness like real loneliness and real stakes
0: yeah the stakes in this novel are really perfectly placed I think you're right although even though
1: it's external Tommy's experience is external to the central story of the plot the story of the book I think you know it's a subplot or whatever I think it still does remind us and it's not without direct ties because that is Tommy's Beating is what incentivizes Griffin to try and get the videos off the internet and uh, work with Alec on a new project that's Mm -hmm. going to come up later, but...
0: Yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. And, like, especially when you mentioned, like, the Anastasio clan was always going to be supportive. Like there was a part of me where I'm like, we've built in so much here about like the working class pathos of the FDNY and of Brooklyn in particular. And also since the Anastasios are Sicilian, they're obviously Catholic. It was weird to me that like the assumption was that their love would overcome all of this into just true support. And there wouldn't be any kind of reservation on their side. Like what is grandma going to think? Or, like, yeah, maybe yeah. one of the brothers wouldn't have been as chill. Yeah. And I thought,
1: like, but I was... think, like, one of the brothers not being as chill is still
0: pretty Best low stakes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, but I would have liked to have seen that on the page, I think, mm-hmm. just to like round it out a little bit. Especially since Griffin's angst, especially after the Tommy incident, is around the idea of like what are the boys in the firehouse gonna think? Mm-hmm. What is the chief gonna think? Like, mm-hmm. what are we gonna do? And the book ends with just the Anastasio support. It ends at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exactly without encountering what it is going to be to be living out like they go to the gay bar together in Manhattan as out and they both talk about how like nice that feels so Yeah, each and they take can. Tommy with
1: them yeah. to help him get back on that saddle. <laughs>
0: get back on your feet buddy I thought that was really nice but like the other part of that begs the question of like what would the guys at the firehouse say what would their chief say and I think like that's sort of left in the offing and like that was kind of my weirdest part where it's like I understood the stakes and Tommy like hammered the stakes home like I understood that this is essentially life and death and that there Mm -hmm. is something like what is it to live an authentic life and like have all the pieces of you like come into harmony and like what are you willing to do for that but without seeing that aspect of it and the other parts of their lives, I felt that was not unearned, certainly. But, like, just a little bit, like, we could have pushed it through just even one more chapter.
1: I think, as far as, like, the stakes go think considering how it would be taken at the firehouse, mm-hmm. they did talk about how they transferred one of I can't remember, which one of them transferred to a different firehouse because they revealed their relationship. But earlier in the book, before they filmed their second porn scene together. You mean but
0: they're before their third and they're kissing at the firehouse? Yes.
1: And they're interrupted mm-hmm. by a fellow fireman who's just really excited that his daughter is born. And in my head I was like, there's no way that guy doesn't know that they weren't just like <laughs> making out with their shirts off. You know, like there's no way that he doesn't realize that. But I think that scene also makes the point of like, all of these other people in the firehouse are dealing with their own domestic dramas, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's the hero of their own story, so why would 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 they really give a shit?
0: I think that's what's also interesting about the firehouse in general, like as a messy scene, where it's like you have a kitchen, you have a shared bathroom. You have like a
1: a home and a life there, but
0: it still feels so transient. Right. And so it's, like, the way in which they all excavate space to be alone in the firehouse, especially Griff, since it's told entirely through his perspective. But, like, the way in which, like, all the dudes of the firehouse are portrayed as, like, sensitive to privacy, but also, like, constantly raging slash, like, joking with each other about, you know, their dicks and their dongs Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, trimming their pubes. It's, like, there's absolutely no privacy in this dorm, a home away from home. it's, like, the most dude bro space in the world. But
1: that's, like like how male spaces probably
0: are and we just like all of them like a hundred percent of them see like when you say that it seems like when guys say that at all female sleepovers we're all just topless and having pillow fights
1: no I don't think so I'm not like implying something that's for my own pleasure I mean the firehouse is
0: like definitely for my
1: own pleasure (laughs) I think it's like I think it's like mediocre chili and like dick jokes And I think that's pretty much male space in some form across the board. Like some version of
0: that. I can't disagree with you. It's like
1: like, I fully believe that Dante was sharing a masturbation sock with his friends in middle school. Like (laughs) I believe that happens all the time. (laughs) I think that's the norm.
0: I don't know if it's the norm. I think it's the norm. I don't know. Something like that is the norm. Maybe it was when you had to share your penthouses, but now it's like that you can have your porn and you don't need to share it or that you can share it digitally. Maybe that changes it.
1: I also think this kind of gets at this thing that I noticed, which was tropes kind of presenting themselves in a different way. Mm -hmm. So in the romance genre, if you have a heroine, she is likely doing something that is not a traditional gender role. Mm -hmm. And that makes her... Very interesting to the hero, the not like other girls trope. That one. And here we find Dante. He loves to cook. <laughs> he loves football. He that loves that makes him like the other guys. Cheap beer. He's just like all the other boys, but he loves to make a good baked ziti. He does love to make a uh, good baked CD and and like, his, uh, his stews yeah. and his he's a cook and his that's couture. like Yeah and he's very much like and he likes to decorate his home and He does. And uh and for his kilt. It is. Yeah, and it's like Dante is very much fulfilling the not like other girls trope by being not like other boys.
0: Sure. What was interesting to me about like that dynamic in Dante especially cuz like I think you're right the fact that like he's decorating his own house and like the care that it takes He's nesting. Yeah, he's nesting. That's a good way to describe it. Although I will say that like the Italian part of that like also feels like I grew up in a Greek household. So like all of that felt like a kind of masculinity that I was very, very familiar with. Mm -hmm. Like I can't say I love you with anything except like a rowdy slap on the back and a delicious smelling casserole dish that I'm going to shove down your throat because this is the language of love that I was raised with. Like language of love for men specifically? Maybe, like, Mediterranean men specifically, because, like, this didn't make him feel, like... Not not like other boys to you. But it is,
1: like, not like other boys, because Griff's, like, main reference point in our
0: novel is his father. That's true, but again, like, his cooking, while different than Mr. Anastasio's or Mr. A, wasn't like out of line with the masculinity that we saw Mr. A participate in. Yeah. So I don't know. But like there's a tension between, you're right, the like the watching the football and being super rowdy, especially like the chasing women part of Dante in the beginning of the novel that feels like super hyper masculine and then like the contrast is supposed to be with this cooking I've seen enough dudes really love to cook for me to be like this isn't a kind of masculinity (laughs) I'm unfamiliar with I
1: don't know it just felt like we were supposed to understand
0: we were supposed to understand it as special because Griffin understood it as special special. Yeah.
1: I also think about that first chapter Mm Mm-hmm so we have Griff and Dante and their best friends and they're hanging out and they're both getting pulled in different directions for sexual encounters with other women and then they're Mm. both oh let's get here and get pizza and then they're both like oh like they're both clearly thinking the other person doesn't actually want to leave with them and get pizza instead of having sex with these women and like that kind of tension that plays out throughout the night this is in the first chapter and I was like completely like will they won't they like Dante is
0: literally finger banging a woman while he's trying to leave with Griff
1: yeah it's uh it's very good it's a very good opening scene but it brings me to my other point about balance in this novel where I think women could have been there's uh Dante's over the top emotional Loretta. Loretta. There's his mother. Mrs.
0: Anastasio who's very dressed up and sitting in her parlor. She wears sweater sets that match and she cares very much about the wallpaper. And
1: then there's the girl who Dante is finger banging at the bar. But then at the end, we get this character out of left field. This photographer who is a lesbian who is going to shoot Griff. And this
0: tasteful. B-
1: tasteful nudes. For the website and uh, <laughs> talk about all the levels that the title Hot Heads is working on one of them is the fact that Griffin has red hair mm-hmm. another one is Dante is a hot hothead, head. and then they're both firemen and mm-hmm. it's also the name of the porn site yep. which is not a fireman specific porn site it's no. just
0: called Hot Heads I think it's a reference to the head of a penis sure is right there for the glams. so many levels Damon Suede is not asleep at the wheel
1: that's a good metaphor
0: <laughs> (laughs) Frankly.
1: What did you think about the character of the photographer at the
0: end? Oh, God. Um, She felt shoehorned in to Mm. clap back at... And clap back in a witty way against the jealousy aspect of Dante. Like the way in which their quote unquote banter was supposed to be like banter. Yeah. Just read entirely like Dante's being ridiculous. There is a human being that will be a woman that will answer him in his ridiculousness. Yeah. So that Griffin wouldn't have to be like, calm down, man. Calm down. She
1: also felt shoehorned in as like a relevant woman.
0: Yes. None of the women felt particularly interesting or relevant in this story. No.
1: Which I guess if we're not interesting or relevant... in your life. But even what was so interesting uh, (laughs) But I don't want my interestingness or relevantness to be dependent on like someone's sexual desire for for me but I'm starting to worry.
0: (laughs) Yeah I mean that was one of the that was one of the things where it's like if I'd had one more scene with like Loretta in like a moment of vulnerability where she had said something like I'd always thought this about you or like I don't know something.
1: What if if the woman from the failed sexual encounter had been like hey man Mm -hmm. I think you might be in love with your friend and then they built like a relationship together it would have taken like three more sentences Mm -hmm. to make each of these women like a bit more whole
0: for sure even like the fact that Griffin was married before and like I don't even remember his ex-wife's name yeah like mm. yeah
1: I'm like that's and talk about the most deeply irrelevant character in the book It's Griffin's ex-wife. Oh, totally.
0: She's like an afterthought. She's like maybe not even a character building aspect.
1: And like, it's weird, like infidelity is like so casual and so pervasive in this text. But then uh, at the end, it's all about how faithful Dante and Griff are to each other. And so initially I was like, oh, maybe this book has a perspective that's really interesting in a romance novel of like, you know, maybe monogamy isn't... All it's cracked up to be. Not that Dante makes it seem that great whenever he gets all jealous, but I do think there is this kind of heroization, lionization of monogamy at the end of the book that I think that's part of the function of Dante's jealousy, is to show us like, look, this is what he really values Griff in a way that He didn't value the women. Griff didn't value his wife Mm. or anyone else in the firehouse values their spouse.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The casual infidelity without, like, and, like, it is infidelity. It's not, like, no one's discussing ideas of, like, open relationships or how this can work outside of whatever. Like, the way in which toxic masculinity is one that takes without asking in this novel, especially Uh. as it comes to the transient and unimportant women in this novel, wasn't great. No. But the sex scenes were so So good! good. Oh Oh my my god! God. So, my sexiest Uh, bit uh, is the (laughs) The scene that you alluded to earlier at the firehouse where like the stakes.
1: That's my sexiest. Oh my god! Part.
0: This is Green. the first thing that we've ever had a sexiest. I'll come bit up with left. another one. No, I'll come up fine. with my
1: second sexiest parts. We can so talk many. about more sexy parts Ugh. in this book, but let's talk about the firehouse
0: smooch-a-roo. And that's exactly what it is. And like his hand going his shirt. Oh my god! And like and Dante's just like he's like just let it go, G. Just let it go. Like I'm right here. I'm like and we're so in Griffin's head. He's like he doesn't want this. He doesn't want this. And he's like, like <laughs> washing. The car when he walks in it's like he's out of the shower and his howl isn't big enough to cover his ginormous uncut dong oh my god this book did use the term meat a little too often
1: to refer to penises for how many other
0: words do you have for penis is the real question because like it felt like damon suede had done a thesaurus search because <laughs> we've got like dong one point when dante refers to someone else's dick as a dork and i loved it so much it was like oh my God, yes, refer to all penises as dorks from now on. Oh, I loved it. That scene, though, because, like, you're so in Griffin's head that, like, even as I was listening to it, like, I can hear Dante say, like, just, like, let's see where we can go with this, G. Like, let's just see. And all the while, Griffin's like, he doesn't want this. He doesn't want me. I have to hold myself back. Don't let him know that I have this huge hard-on for him. And, like, my towel won't cover it. And, like, I'm so into kissing him. And it's, like, it's so warm and so sensual. But also just like you can just feel the emotion in his face and pectoral muscles and like everything. Everything. It was everything. so tactile.
1: It was great. And the whole time I was so nervous. Someone oh my was God. Gonna walk someone going to walk
0: in. And oh someone did walk
1: in. Ah! And then they went on the date. <sighs> the date and Dante was so kept up calling
0: it a date. You and Grubb was like, like it's, no, not, a it's date. not a date. But they Slash were on a to. date. Oh God. He wanted it to be a date so I'm bad. sorry. I'm like gushing. It's so good. They were so cute. Though and like the whole thing, where it's like, if you just like fucking looked at Dante, you would know that he loves you and he's loved you all along. Yeah, get out of your own way, Griffin. You deserve to be happy.
1: I would say the second sexiest part is whenever they're filming the second porn scene together Mm -hmm. and they're really going for it. Yeah, there's anal rimming in that one, there's anal rimming in that one. And mutual fellatio. Mutual fellatio. But there's just so much of like, you really get the sense of like gross, slobbery,
0: sweaty I sex. I got confused and I couldn't figure <laughs> out if it was because in the and book. The
1: leather couch and oh, he God. slides off oh, of it. It's God. so
0: gross. It's so good. It's wet <sighs> is how I would describe it. But so G. Swampy. W- swampy. G and D sound very similar. And since I listened to the audio... You
1: couldn't tell where, where one ended and the other one began. And I
0: couldn't tell if that was like a stylistic choice of the novel itself or if like I wasn't listening closely enough because at that point I was like...
1: <gasps> at one point I was like, wait. I tried to figure out the physics of that, it and yes. I was like, is like Dante doing a headstand into Griffin's lap while Griffin is seated like what Griffin is was happening seated.
0: and then it was like Dante came over his yeah. shoulder yeah and his, like his balls and his dick was like resting there and then like Griffin's just like yeah. I don't know but like yeah is that what how it was happening that's
1: how I interpreted it and then but I was then like how you did know we what? get to the anal rimming because like they like fell off. they slid down the seat honestly I don't, I don't know, know how don't anything I don't happened don't. I could not make heads blur. or tails of it so much wet you know I'm just like uh I'm just Like a real vanilla gal. I just thought of it as like when the Tasmanian devil. (laughs) Like a sex Tasmanian devil, and it just comes swirling all around you. And I was like, "This is great!" And I also like that Alec was watching them and getting hard just in his, his pants. corduroy pants. His chinos. They were corduroys in the second oh scene because it was cold. cold. Have you watched Barry? Barry? There's a it's a HBO series, and there's a bald, I think Ukrainian hitman in it, oh, and that's yeah, who yeah, I kept yeah, imagining yeah, yeah. as
0: Alec. Like, I really well like you Paris. guys. Yeah. It's a good show. That is a good show. Weirdest part? Okay, I have two weirdest parts. So like the cool. terrible toxic masculinity, which we've talked about. Like the un- the jealousy. Yeah, I'm definitely not into that. Also, it really seems to come out of left field because prior to that point, like Dante has really been working at this like tenderness, and he's like really yeah. trying to reassure Griff. It's like, no, I do want you. I have wanted you for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like you have to trust this. You have to trust me. And so then for him to like come out with this walloping jealousy, it was like that feels a out of left field and b way overblown and
1: also Griff really reacts in a way that I didn't like me too Griff doesn't put his foot down he's like very willing to give in to all of Dante's demands it makes him feel pretty yeah. Whatever. I didn't
0: like that, but also like the weird drop that we get about the dad. So like he's standing in the mm-hmm. garden and he has like this bag of bulbs to plant and he's like it's almost too late to plant but your mother wants them. And then he's like mom's not here because she's been dead for 20 years. And then he's like there's oatmeal on the stove dad if you want it. And he's like no, I'm sure your mom will make me something. And I was like dad's in a full blown dementia slide, and you're like moving out, and I get that, like you have to move out. Okay, bye, yeah, peace. I'm like, ooh, that felt weird and like unexplored to the point where it's like that feels like an unsafe situation where Mr. Murrow is an asshole, and
1: you cannot convince me that any romance editor has actually edited down a subplot in one of these books. (laughs) These things are like eight lane highways is what these things are. So I just, I
0: I do wonder if it got like cut or something. Yeah. It just felt really like why have this very evocative scene that's super affecting. That's like one
1: of the problems. Like you're so good and everything in this book is so tight. It's just like Tessa Dare. Yeah. That, oh, or if you're watching like a George Kukor film. Mm. Like if something seems off or Stanley Kubrick, Mm -hmm. that's usually a little bit easier. Like if something seems off or wrong like editing wise Mm -hmm. then you have to ask yourself like what's the intentionality behind it because obviously they wouldn't like just do something. Right,
0: they wouldn't leave just leave that thread there. Like, yeah, obviously yeah. it's going to tie into something later. Like, I yeah. had it like, from that moment on, I was like, oh my God, he's going to leave, like, the stove on, and, like, Griffin's going to lose his house. And he's going to have to fight his own fire. Yeah, and he's going to have to then, like, that would be, like, the inciting incident that would make him move in with Dante. But, like, it wasn't. It was just, like, no. totally dropped. And, and the like, thing what? that
1: makes him move in with Dante
0: is... Dante. ...being
1: Dante's boyfriend. Yeah. I
0: was like, mm. We've
1: talked a lot about stuff that I found weird in the book and so now I would just like to nitpick. Yeah, let's do it. They describe the wallpaper as sexy. They did. There is this heirloom wallpaper. Yeah, that they it found in like a, a special place. Diagonal stripe.
0: A bronze diagonal stripe. A bronze
1: diagonal stripe. I cannot imagine a world in which I hang A wallpaper with a complex pattern to hang with my parents, and I still like it after that. (laughs) I love my parents. I love doing projects with them. One of my favorite memories is making an Ikea bed for my brother with my family. Diagonal striped wallpaper. No one comes out of that.
0: Dude, and it's not a small wall. It's like a full thing in the dining room. It's his bedroom. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's a big wall. It's not just, like, an accent. It's and, like, like he's also, lot.
1: like, keeps talking about
0: his grandparents' wallpaper being sexy. He's into it. Also, he's, like, really trying to, like, sex up Griffin in every way that he can at that he's point. He's
1: like, hey, baby, you like this? You like this wallpaper? It my was parents my, were conceived. It was my
0: great-grandparents. They had
1: sex in it. In the wallpaper. Oh. It was really hard. Because you have to align the lines. You like that, baby? You like it so
0: much, baby. You like it, baby?
1: You like that, baby? You like that wallpaper? Yeah. Forget it. No. I agree. I think that was weird. I also think it's weird that Loretta... Chores? Chores don't make me horny. I'm not hanging diagonal stripe wallpaper.
0: Fuck no. That sounds like... What's a chore that makes you horny? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> there is the Swiffer
1: wet chair?
0: Ugh, no. That's sticky. The closest I
1: guess I would get is folding warm laundry, and that's not even, like, horny. Mm -mm. That is not horny.
0: I guess the feeling of accomplishment. That's just being, like... I don't get turned on by my chores, but I do, like, to feel accomplished.
1: Do you get turned on by feeling accomplished? A little bit. You put that sticker on your chore chart? Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah. Like, I got a spot off the floor today with, like, a little Clorox wipe, and I was like, I'm hot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's just self-appreciation. I, I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's do this, hand. <laughs> One other thing that I want to quick mention is a nitpick. I don't like that Loretta's husband is a contractor in Iraq. I don't like the <laughs> politics of that.
1: I, I kept thinking like, oh my god, Loretta is going to think Griffin is in love with her.
0: And that's kind of a was real... like, you and I would have gotten together if like I hadn't been dating this other dude. But it never pans out the way I wanted it to. No. I also love that her name is Loretta because I was definitely picturing her as Cher from Moonstruck as Loretta. Oh my god. What good hair and the outfits. Olympia Dukakis is her mom. Oh your my god. Your life is going down the toilet. You got a love bite on your neck. I love Moonstruck. Moonstruck is so good. It really holds up too. Nicolas Cage is really so does. weird, is it? Ooh, top five romantic comedies. Wow. That is wow.
1: I'm ready. No, I've been thinking about it for a while. That's Holy of me.
0: shit. Okay. In no particular top five order. Right. Okay. Joe versus the volcano oh that's such a good one thank you Meg Ryan and uh, Tom Hanks America's dad
1: their best romantic comedy
0: I agree everyone's always like la 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 you've got mail and I was like she loses her dead mother's bookshop like can we for a minute like just deal with that also the shop around the corner which it was based on is a much better film with Jimmy Stewart
1: you've got mail
0: Mm -mm. is capitalist propaganda thank you yes a thousand and ten and eleven percent agree It's It's just not not working girl. Oh, so good. It happened one night. Absolutely. His Girl Friday. Okay. And... Bringing Up Baby is better, but okay. I love His Girl Friday. I think Do you know? Irene Dunn is just so funny. And her shoulder pads are, frankly, way better than Katherine Hepburn's shoulders pads in Bringing Up Baby. Bringing Up Baby is better. I think you need to watch them, like, together. And back to them, back. Yeah. And then
1: analyze it. Yeah. Revisit it. Revisit, revisit it. His stance. Girl Friday
0: is just impeccably great. I have one more. Um, I would say, can I count a teen rom-com? Or yeah, is of course you ten can. Ten things they have about you. You know what? I would say Working Girl isn't really a
1: rom-com because mm. the romance isn't the central relationship. That's fair. I accept that criticism.
0: I, it I has recently, I elements. recently had
1: to tell my brother about Time is not a rom-com.
0: It is definitely not a rom-com. It's no. a father-son story. Yeah, and no I would question. say
1: Working Girl is more about
0: her relationships with other women in her life than it is with Harrison Ford. That's fair. I'll go ahead and then so you can m- add another one now that i have to replace the working girl and moonstruck doesn't feel like enough of a comedy oh
1: i love it i do um uh, my top five mm-hmm. are going to be it happened one night great never stops being great it's true moonstruck mm-hmm. this movie called a new leaf which more people need to watch with walter Matthau and elaine may
0: whoa
1: more people need to watch that one bringing up baby mm-hmm. i love her and her ridiculous. My favorite children's book was also Eloise, so go figure. And
0: I have no idea. It's interesting to me that neither of us has chosen When Harry Met Sally. Neither of us have chosen You've Got Mail. The entire oeuvre of the 90s, like, neither of us have mentioned Sweet Home Alabama or... Ugh,
1: that one's not considered one of the top in the class it but. made
0: it in the top 50 this year are you
1: kidding there's
0: a very contentious list that was going around this summer that I basically had to rewrite by hand
1: oh shit I mean it's got to be an Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore the wedding singer the wedding singer
0: so good I was like really glad that you didn't choose Fifty First first dates
1: no I was thinking about punch drunk love and then I was like who am I I already put moonstruck on the list who am I trying so to impress the wedding singer, the singer is so good wedding.
0: So I love okay that's my number five I love the wedding date with Deborah Messing and what's his <laughs> name from my best friend's wedding he that's doesn't need a name five. that's my number five unrepentantly I love that movie that movie is so good
1: have you watched those Netflix teen rom-coms fuck yeah I have uh, what a great look those Wes Anderson chickens have really come home to roost
0: from all the boys that I've loved of before. And also Sierra Burgess is a loser. I haven't watched that one yet. But are we talking about Lara Jean's wall? That blue color? I mean, with just the, like the shots
1: and the yeah. everything about... I think there's so much Wes Anderson in both of those movies and their composition.
0: I think there's also a lot of ode to like... Like the, a lot of twee. It's just like that twee shit, you know? Yeah. You Which is nice. You twee shit like that, but I also mean it's like... It's real good.
1: And no, I mean, like, yeah, it's very
0: good. I didn't mean shit like shit. I meant like stuff. Because <laughs> I feel like there's a real homage to to like the unproblematic parts of like John Hughes movies, like the way in which he would set a scene and like all the scenes were so rich, like the first part of Ferris Bueller, or like the way in mm-hmm. which the room in Pretty in Pink is set up. And like yeah. even the way that Ducky dresses like Ducky himself, whatever, whatever, we can like have that conversation. Lush. But yeah, it's lush full looks. Yeah. Lived in.
1: So much to, yeah, so much to look at. Yeah. Just like a real, mm. John Hughes movies are so much fun to yep. look at. They truly are. Okay.
0: Well, I think that's it for us. That was really good. Those obviously Womance. Womance. Well, oh my God. Yeah. Unrepentant. If you blush easily, like Griffin. Oh! <laughs> You will blush at this. I blushed all the time. I listened to this almost exclusively on public transit and I thought I was going to die. One time I was listening to it and the bus driver asked me a direct question and like I flushed so hot. I was like, oh my God, is it too loud? I'm so sorry, bus driver. And he's like, have a good day. I was like, thank you. (laughs) You just screamed at him. I wasn't reading about a rim job. His anal carnation wasn't pink. (laughs) His anal carnation (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) With that image, listeners, loosen your stays. But never your principles.
1: Whoa! Indeed, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. All editing and music is done by Nick Gravelin. Our logo is by Mary Rushman, and our web mistress is Jane Bonzac. They're the best. Feeling woeful about having to wait a whole week for more Womance? Well, will cheer up Buttercup. You can creep or connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, or our website. Our webpage is womancepod.com. If you prefer to be more verbose and or direct, why not send us an email? We're womancemail at gmail.com, and we can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listing app. Until next week.